welcome to the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast for Thor Love and Thunder. My name is Tom Chick, and I am here with a Thor Love and Thunder catchphrase from Kelly Wand. They're taglines, first off. Well, but I had to do the catchphrase nod to the movie. I mean... Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's a movie riff. I couldn't resist. All right. Play me in again. <laughs> <laughs> and with a Thor Love and Thunder catchphrase, it's Kelly Wand. Uh, 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 redemption. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Wand, you got a little oh. redemption on your shirt there. Got a little there. redemption vid. <laughs> Ovid. Kelly Wand, do you have a tagline for people who aren't averse to redemption? Kids. Yeah, I know. Do you have a tagline for people who aren't averse to kids? It's space wizards for kids. Uh, Kelly Wand, is that the? Is there a fourth tagline for Thor: Love and Thunder? Finally, a movie I saw that we're going to do a podcast about. <laughs> that now, how is that tag? Would that tagline not apply to every single movie we've done? On this no, because there's one I didn't see that I tricked you. Oh, good point. That uh, do you remember what that was? Gosh, do you want me to tell you? I always thought it'd be a fun contest for the listeners to go back and listen to ten years worth of podcasts, try and guess which one I'm obviously winging it on. Oh, we didn't know. Like what? Like you? Yeah, I didn't tell you. I wanted to see if you oh, could catch me. Oh, pretty sneaky. But here I'll lower it. I'll re- I'll reduce it to a few. It's based on a book, so that's how I was able to get through it because I'd read the book. So I kind of sneakily. You know, Kelly Wand, I kind of don't want it. Like, I like the mystery of it. Okay. Uh, and if it bugs me too much, which it might over time, I might uh, I might actually ask you to, to reveal what the podcast was. I read the book for this, too, so maybe I didn't see the movie. You know what, Kelly Wand? That's two of us. Ah, uh, see? Well, let's tell people a little bit about the movie. So this is Thor, uh, Love, yeah, and huh? Thunder. It's directed by Taika Waititi, written oh. by Taika Waititi and Jennifer Caton Robinson. Did she write Ragnarok? No, she did not. I actually looked All her right. up. All uh, right. She only – Something uh, her, smells way different here. Well, her credits are a, a movie called, I think, Someone Great, which seemed to be a well-received romantic comedy. Uh, <sighs> she wrote the script for an abortion comedy called Unpregnant. Um, so those are her two main credits as a writer. She also directed the, that movie, Someone Great. Uh, I haven't seen either of those, but her name is new to me. Um, so yeah, that that might of course be the new ingredient here since Ragnarok, the abortion comedy uh, enthusiast writer. Well, there's another one with Jenny Slate. Uh, My there, favorite. There, there are a couple of abortion comedies, and and she wrote the one that I would be less annoyed by because it doesn't have uh, Jenny Slate. Although you know what, Kelly Wand, I don't think I'm annoyed by Jenny Slate anymore after everything, everywhere, all at once. Ah, like I don't remember cool. her in that. Well, oh, she yeah, had no, dog. Yeah, 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 you do now. Like, I love everyone in that movie. That's like, the thing? <laughs> you know what? If Anselm Elgort had been in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, um, I would probably be an Anselm Elgort fan. And are you not enjoying, Kelly Wand, broadcast signal intrusion now that yeah. you've seen Harry Shum Jr. in Everything, Everywhere, All at Once? Uh, He's the Rakakuni uh, guy. Oh. <laughs> okay. So I, I actually have seen Broadcast Signal Intrusion twice, and the second time I liked it a lot more because really? of everything, uh, everywhere, all at once. I'm I mean, 20 just, minutes in, and then for some oh, reason no, I 
broke to watch something way dumber. So uh, stick with it; it's fun. There's some cool stuff in there. No, I'm like, into it. I'm into it. Great. Good, good, good. Yeah. There's like a reveal that I was like, oh, what? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. But uh, this is not. And by the way, that's uh, is that Jacob Gentry? Um, shoot, that's one of the guys that did that movie, The Signal, with AJ Bowen. Um, from way back when, like I like the guy that did Broadcast Signal Intrusion. He's one of three horror directors that I. He always followed. does movies with signal in the title. Signal that that does seem That's to his, be yeah exactly they're going yeah like Spider Man and Home. But Kelly Wan, this podcast has Thor and this movie. Uh, yeah. This podcast is about movies with Thor. Always a good title. sign when we, even before we get to the rating, we're already talking about other movies that are more interesting to us. <laughs> Well, speaking of the rating, Kelly Wand, Thor Love and Thunder, rated PG-13. I noticed. Intense sequences of sci-fi violence and action. Hmm. I don't remember Language. any intense ones. Well, Kelly Wand, there's also some suggestive material and partial nudity. Oh, yeah, huh? I mean, we've all seen his butt now. That's that's something that yeah. all of us can say. Millions of Americans have seen uh, an Hemsworth butt. Why is looking at a guy's asshole... Like you can do that, but you can't look at a penis ever, whether it's – and it has to be flaccid. Otherwise, it's porn. But it's, uh, my, my point is not pro-dick so much as like the asshole is okay. It's like that's – I don't know. Kelly Wan, there's a difference between a buttock and a genital. I'm just saying it's a strange measuring system. <laughs> well, Kelly Wan, speaking More of measuring – More nudity the better, just to clarify. I'm not being prudish. Right. Quite the reverse. Even, even dude nudity scale. we're okay with on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, uh, speaking of measuring things, Thor Love and Thunder opened at $144 million. That puts it at number three for the year behind uh, Spider-Man uh, and Doctor Strange. Uh, wait, Maverick's fourth? I think it barely edged out – Maverick's opening. Yep, by, uh, by something like two million. It was it was super close. Yeah. Huh. All right. Uh, however, none of these movies, and this is kind of notable, uh, have opened in China. Uh, China seems to be uh, sort so of, over it. Well, yeah, they're closing the doors. They've learned what they need to from us, and they're like, okay, we're fine. We're going to make our own movies here. So the and and because of the pandemic, since the pandemic. Movies are making more money in China than they have been in the U.S. So until the, now, these studios, well, right, right, until now, but these studios are losing huge amounts of money because China doesn't want anything to do with Doctor Strange, Spider Man, or Thor. So, mm. critically speaking, Kelly Wand on Rotten Tomatoes, sixty-seven percent of the reviews for Thor: Love and Thunder Ooh. were positive. What was Dark World? Dark World, I would peg that at 25% were positive. I know you love pegging. God. I, <laughs> Kelly Wan, this isn't the Deadpool podcast. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, on Metacritic, the average rating amongst reviews that use ratings is 57. <laughs> now, here comes the pain, Kelly Wand. On CinemaScore, Thor Love and Thunder, it rated higher than Northman, but not as high. As Jurassic World Dominion. Oh, so many so things better going than on Man, there. Not as good as Dominion. Did you see the dinosaur movie, by the way? No. God, it's awful. You saw it? Yeah. Wait, I, I don't want to hear. Oh, never mind. Well, not I don't right mind. Now, I mean, it's but... just it's awful. There's nothing to it. I, I stupidly thought, well, I better see it before it leaves theaters. The only value is going to be, you know, the dinosaur effects on the big screen, and it's just terrible. I read a thing. I had this mo uh, movie in my head that I thought it was going to be because the dinosaurs had taken over the Earth, and I thought it was going to be like that. a fucking 
Well, not the way, I'm, not the way I'm talking about. Right, no, they get loose out on I'm the talking earth. about it's a real Jurassic world. And like we're like, yeah, apocalypse. like they're the dominant species and we right. have to run around like fucking Conan or something. An apocalypse. Do you want a dinosaur apocalypse? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. After six it's, movies? Come no, on. You know, the, the apocalypse in this one, the, the apocalypse. And all we got was in San Diego. And that was, I don't know, something. Yeah, the, the apocalyptic event in this one was locusts. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't even like focus on the day. It was so dumb. God, locusts. Locusts, yeah, yeah. And who just wants to I, see that in Jurassic Park movie. That's a terrible. Well, idea. Colin Trevorrow, that's who. He's not good. What's he no, ever not. done that's good? Um, I think some people liked Safety Not Guaranteed. Mm, Enjoyed Jake Johnson. Not, in that. that wouldn't have made me go, hey, you should direct a dinosaur apocalypse. Right, right. Anyway. So that's why we are not doing a podcast on Jurassic World Dominion. Uh, but Kelly Wan, let's do a podcast on this. But I, I before we talk about what we thought of Thor: Love and Thunder, I'd like from you. I've heard three Thorpses from you before. One for Thor. One for Thor. Dark oh World, yeah, it's his right. Thor. This is your fourth Thorpses, Kelly Wand, which will make this fourth Thorpses. Fourth Thorpses. Fourth Thorpses. Okay, go on. Very good. You did. Uh, so, so give me a Thor Love and Thunder synopsis. Boy, you really lost interest in trying there at the end. I'm just going to do every syllable like it's an encyclopedic entry. Um, all right. Yeah, I'll do what you're asking me to do. <clears throat> Thor Love and Thopsis. Duh. <laughs> An Avatar preview is all blue and shit at me. I'm all, oh Christ. My mom's all, oh boy. Christian Bale's wearing a bald wig in a desert, although his teeth are perfect. He raises a sleeping kid actor into frame. No. Get out of my eyeline! Thank you! Fuck! Ugh, where was I? No, Gore Jr., no, no, no. No, Gore Jr., no. Dad, I'm I'm sorry I destroyed all our planet's water by shooting eye lasers at it. Also, you were really convincing in Dark Knight Rises when Catwoman kicked your cane away and you fell over. By the way, I'm dead. Bale's all no again. Suddenly, he sees an oasis. Some voices are all, Necrosaur, God Butcher, Terminator, Salvation, Gosling is Ken. Bale trips over some water like Hathaway in Interstellar and finds a bunch of golden CG fairies having a G-rated orgy. Oh, great master of golden shower heads, we prayed for not droughts and not killing my daughter. Um, a fairy's all, hey, look at his bald wig. You can see the stitches in back in every shot. <laughs> Gore's gods all, ha ha, stupid worshippers, we'll just make more of you and be dicks to them too. Write that in your Bible. By the way, we're celebrating because we just found that necrosword there and left it lying within your reach. <laughs> Good thing we gods are more powerful than it. <laughs> Gorby heads him, but out of focus so that kids can enjoy. <laughs> Suddenly, the necrosword's power makes him paler and his teeth the same. I am I said get out! <laughs> the God Butcher. Uh, from the comics, they told me. Now I can turn shadows into CG. That will be useful as long as there is no god of shadows or light. Now I shall kill all the other gods, though, off screen. He waits, chuckling patiently, then finally walks off into the desert, I guess to make a spaceship somehow. 
A bunch of comic book pages fart into the Marvel logo, then morph into Stanley's mustache, which melts horrifyingly into the Necro Sword, which then oozes into a vile, oily Disney logo, while demon voices chant, Koyan Scotsy. <laughs> Korg sits in a cave with a bunch of child extras we'll never see again and goes, Let me show you some exposition about previous Thor movies. Here he is saying no because Loki's dead again and again and again. Remember when he was fat? Classic meme. More importantly, here he was with Jane Foster. Oh, epic love story. It's hard to believe their entire relationship in the first Thor lasted only a couple days. Look how much they got done. Here they are mini-golfing. Watching Space 1999, sees all scared. Here they are banging. Pretend that's how she looked 12 years ago. Uh, Paris sailing. Wait, that's her with Anakin, sorry. Oh, what a thankless fate she had in that franchise. Anyway, here's her, uh, them at Ice Capades, uh, Madame Tussauds, the Tiki Room. Ah, but then, as you can see from this cell phones at dinner part of the montage, things really deteriorated when they began taking calls. And doing their jobs. So here they are arguing about it. And then she left him this note. Here he is trying to read it. And still trying. And still trying. They had quite an arc, as it turns out. You're now finally learning about it. You're welcome. In the comics, he's banging a shield agent with a flying car during all this. The end. The kids all cheer. Oh, wait, also, Thor joined the Guardians of the Galaxy at the end of Endgame, remember? <laughs> Kid number 17's all, yeah, we were looking forward to seeing those adventures. And so you would have, but James Gunn tweeted a pic of himself at a serial killer party or something, so Suicide Squad. <laughs> the kids all cheer again. But then Thor put on a biblical robe and sat under a tree near this raging battle going on between some coneheads and squirrels on speeder bikes, all of whom I guess he didn't notice when he got out of the ship. The kids all cheer again. The Guardians of the Galaxy fight poorly while rock music plays, but they're no match for squirrels on speeder bikes. Bradley Cooper's all, uh, Thor, we need you to aim off-screen CG at uh, dune buggy engines. <laughs> Licorice pizza. <laughs> I'm Vin. I mean, uh... Don't worry, I'm here. Thor! Emmy Hammer slash Battleaxe Stormbreaker! <laughs> Name's a little weird since I make storms, but yeah, I'm here. You're welcome. Few of the many. Waste not, want not. I'll have what she's having. <laughs> Thor commits mass G-rated off-screen CG murder while his eyes glow and rock music plays and the Guardians stand around looking dumb. The kids cheer again. Later. You're welcome, slaves. I mean, coneheads. <laughs> I guess we saved your fragile glass tower CG. The tower slowly collapsed behind him while he turns and does a double take. My audience is silent. <laughs> Suddenly, a bunch of TV screens are all, and in tonally different plot news, Christian Bale. He's got a black sword and can make monsters that are hard to see. So far, he's reenacted at least two panels from the comics where he also fought off screen. And as you can see here, he's somehow killing 16 other gods simultaneously. Wait, Sif, make that screen a millimeter bigger. Thor, it's me, the Sif actress. She shuts her eyes and sticks her tongue out and slumps in some snow. Damn. Well, Star-Lord, I guess I don't want your help in this movie. Here, I'm giving you your ship. 
<laughs> Beside me, Chris Pratt's all, ah, me. <laughs> Dude, him and Gosling in a crossover. Oh, I would it. love that. Oh, my God. Some coneheads walk up and go, by the way, we just wrote a prophecy that whoever destroys our towers and does a double take has to take these two screaming goats. They make rainbows. (laughs) 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 Well, Star-Lord Drax, blue girl from Jumanji. I guess this is the guardian ship flies off. Later, asshole. The kids and coneheads all cheer. Meanwhile, in a hospital, Natalie Portman's getting chemo, so her long, beautiful brown hair looks amazing. She realizes someone's sitting next to her. Hey, cancer extra. My personality's a little different from what you may remember, but I see you're reading my book. Space and Exposition in the Marvel Universe Explained? Want an autograph? Uh, not... What the... You just made it unusable with a pencil. What the fuck? Yeah, but now you understand dark matter entanglements and pencils. Also, um, Event Horizon, Sphere, and Chain Reaction with Keanu Reeves. Watch those movies. Way better than this book. Also, check out Tom's Eternals NFTs. (laughs) The nerd girl from the first couple Thors and maybe WandaVision walks up. Jane, you don't have to do this alone. I'm here. Stacey's Mangiclestons from the comics or whatever. We'll never see her again either. Portman sighs miserably. She goes home and sulks hotly at her computer monitor. Like mom hotly, but still. Then suddenly she realizes she has multiple books on her desk called Norse Myths that DC doesn't own yet lols by Stan Lee. (laughs) One book spines all volume 69 stuff about Mjolnir. It glows at her. She's all, hmm. Portman goes to New Asgard, which aptly resembles the lamer parts of Disneyland, to watch a puppet show starring Matt Damon, someone blonde, and Melissa McCarthy. Matt Damon's all, hey, I'm Loki. I tricked you all. I'm Loki. I look like somebody else, but I'm Loki from one of the movies. But look who I really am. See? It's me, but I'm playing Loki. McCarthy smashes through a drum dressed as Maleficent. Look, I'm still fat. I just broke Thor's hammer. All the gods are dead. Fuck you. (laughs) The curtain drops. The audience golf claps. That is how the play ends in the movie, by the way. (laughs) Jane joins a a tour group to stare at broken Mjolnir shards under glass. A guide's all, as you can see, these Mjolnir chunks are totally immovable. So don't ask how we got them in there, why the pedestal doesn't collapse under their weight. Don't try to touch them, because as you can see, we have a security guard. (laughs) The kids all yawn and move on very excitedly to go stare at Odin's stuffed ravens and stuffed Odin. But Portman lingers by the hammer. She's all, hmm. Beneath the glass, the shards are all, black swan. (laughs) Kill the guard. Come on, hurry up. <laughs> Meanwhile, on Hoth. Sif, your arm got cut off, but there's no blood. What? <laughs> Thor, why wasn't I in Ragnarok or Dark World? Anyway, Christian Bale did this. He said he's heading to New Asgard next. Oh, well, at least I get to go to Valhalla and get shit-faced and fucked by, uh, what's the fat one? Volstag? <laughs> Ooh, sorry, Valhalla's only if you die in an on-screen battlefield. I guess Odin and me mom were rejected too and now exist in hell. <laughs> Weird how the God Butcher left you alive long enough for me to find. She's all shit. Oh, well. By the way, I actually lost my arm tripping over water like Hathaway. 
Sif closes her eyes and tries to look Marvel dead till the camera gives up. <laughs> Thor shows up in New Asgard just in time to watch Valkyrie and some stunt doubles fight Bale's shadow CG off screen mostly. Don't worry, I'm here. Waste not, want not. Valkyrie, why are you wearing a pantsuit? Oh, yeah, I'm like a senator or something. I'll make accounting decisions. Uh, it's a cool arc. Look out. She stabs some CG. It walks off screen to the uh, craft services table. Suddenly, <laughs> Thor notices a blurry figure who looks like Natalie Portman, but also him kind of whizzing around, doing indistinct nothing. Hey, who's the new me? Oh, that's the new guy. Hopefully the audience hasn't seen the trailers or earlier scenes <laughs> with Portman. <laughs> Look, it's Mjolnir. Where did I put the pieces of museum to be gawked at by losers for? That was stupid. Come here, boy. Come here. Come here. Mjolnir almost comes into his hand, then shoots back into the hand of someone who was in plain view all this time. Like in that Gerard Butler movie that Tom remembers. <laughs> Lockdown. I Lockdown. Believe. Thank you. And I guess she wasn't calling the hammer till just now. Even anyway, Thor's all. <laughs> I thought in the trailer that wasn't the final cut they had used for that. But, yep. She's all, oh, hey, I had a kid after Dark World got bored. So she jumps off screen and does stuff that probably would look cool. Suddenly, Bale turns shadows into ropes and binds Thor to a sea stand, <laughs> then sticks a sword. I'd be the Necro Sword at his throat, but for some reason doesn't kill him and just take his axe. My name in this is Gore, the God Butcher. I specialize in killing gods with this Necro Sword, Thor. Although you probably won't see it very much later. <laughs> Thor tricks Gore by hitting him with his hammer. Then suddenly, Gore tricks all the gods in Asgard by running away, but also while doing so, kidnapping all their children and spiriting them away in a cage of spikes while they. Somehow failed to notice, including some black kid, I guess, is Heimdall Jr., who for some reason lives in a human child's bedroom and who was apparently sleeping through all the tumult and battle, along with all the other kids who weren't evacuated during all this. The next day, damn, if only we'd gone after them instead of having this meeting a day later. <laughs> Korg the rock guy is all, I'm in this scene. Suddenly Thor is all, by the way, I'm a psychic. Hang on, let me check in with the kid actors. He rolls his eyes and twists his ears like dials until the black kid's staring at him in a puff of bong smoke. Thor, by the way, my name is uh, now Vanilli. A Disney marketing exec raises a cattle prod. I, I mean, Axel Rose. Yeah, okay. He's too young. Black males in 2022 like me possibly want to rename themselves after in this. Thor turns to Portman and Valkyrie. Roy, there's only one moon in the universe that's round and rocky and has craters. The Shadow Realm, which is specifically not the Dark World audience. Although you may recognize a few assets. Let's go. <laughs> he and then Jane Tep separately both take off, then return a few seconds later, looking confused. <laughs> Valkyrie's all. Actually, granted, child care notwithstanding, we did drive Gore off pretty easily. Unlike the comics. But maybe we should get more characters in this movie to help watch us fight him some more. I know just the place. OmnipotenceCrypto.com Arena. All the guards are there. Mostly just to watch Russell Crowe thinking he's in Satyricon. But he's got a real plastic weapon. A really good one. Thorzak scowls. The goat smashed through the wall. Wow! <laughs> Korg's all, let's go. Wait, just us? What about the other Asgardian gods? They're all... Come on, what? Thor's all, oh, you made out of rocks. 
as they walk around, Portman's all, hey, by the way, I've been working on my uh, catchphrases, so workshopping a couple bangers. Um, maybe you could give me some notes right now I'm really into. My hammer was recently repaired. <laughs> or uh, more like F for friendetta, if like someone's being nice to me. Those are terrible. My go-to is knock, knock. That's it? <laughs> knock, knock. Uh, who's there? Thor. Thor who? Me. Sometimes I'll just knock for an hour. <laughs> then I'll give up and go home. Beside me, Gerard farts glumly. Oh, Thor, you haven't changed a bit. Spell Nick Fury for me again. Shh, look, we're here. Omnipotent City. Oh, shit, it's Zeus. It was going to be Satan, but they rewrote it. Boy, Zeus, he was the inspiration for all me accents. But Thor, your dad's Odin. Isn't he kind of the same? But Be Valkyrie's all, people, please, we're here to save gods. Now here, I killed some gods and took their togas, disguises. Thor's all, I already have me disguise. Hey, look, I'm Bluto, Animal House. Check it out. They take some vacant seats in between product placements for Disney shows. Oh, here comes Zeus. Check out his entrance. He's famous for his entrances. Fat Russell Crowe in a ballerina skirt staggers into view. <laughs> Hello, I'm Zeus in this, yes. Mm, younger viewers may remember me from when I played a 1940s physicist losing his mind, yes. The kids all cheer. Zeus stares at a plastic lightning bolt. A bunch of yellow CG appears, spelling out Russell Crowe, then fizzles out. Valkyrie's all, whoa, that lightning bolt's awesome. Let's kill him and steal it. Hey, Who is talking? Please come down here. They were... Right, let me handle this. I'm our best talker. The other side as Thor endlessly makes his way down to a stage. Beside me, Cersei's all. I was supposed to play Hera in this, but they said I didn't look bitchy enough. <laughs> Mighty Zeus, Christian Bale's evil, and he has a sword. Waste not, want not. Zeus laughs and binds Thor's arms in yellow rope CG, then sexually assaults him with telekinesis. <laughs> Beside me, Willie Ames is all. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, one, I wouldn't have gotten that reference if I wasn't your your, your friend. <laughs> I know. No one, no one will get it. I only have one friend. I, I think anyone who knows you from the podcast will get that reference. Oh, uh, that's true. Hopefully, but maybe. I mean, because Scott Bayo wouldn't have said. Never mind. Anyway, a Zeus hottie's all. It's shaped like Mjolnir. Portman's all. Valkyrie. Uh, should we be in this scene some more? Eventually, grape. Those aren't grapes. Haha, ha, don't be silly. We're safe here, Thor. Nothing can hurt Zeus in omnipotent city. Here, there's a speedo and a bra for you. Now you look approachable. <laughs> By the way, I can't let you leave. Bail can torture this place's location out of you. What the? Oh, I'd never be stupid enough to let myself get captured by Gord, tortured, or tricked into helping him. I'm Thor. Knock, knock. I demand fresh mead. <laughs> By the way, there's a deus ex machina in the center of the universe called Eternity that grants wish to first visitor. Remember Wonder Woman, 1984? <laughs> Same kind of thing. Probably would have come in handy against Thanos, yes? Perhaps I should remove your lady friend's disguises as well. Portman's all, no, we're coming. Wait, we're wearing clothes under our togas, but Thor wasn't. God guards of Omnipotent City, show them how well-trained at fighting you all are. 
Some extras in yellow face walk on screen and get stabbed to death by Thor and Valkyrie and Portman. But then Zeus blasts Korg to rubble. Beside me, the one guy who's never seen a Marvel movie is all, Oh, Korg! Oh, (laughs) no! (laughs) Don't worry me brains in me face. This battle had no stakes at all. The kids all cheer. Damn it, Zeus, this is for nearly inconveniencing me retarded rock monster. His eyes turn blue until Zeus falls off screen. While all the most powerful gods in the universe watch... Thor snatches Zeus's lightning bolt while Korg tries to whistle. Since this is the theatrical cut, he gets it on the ninth try. Thor's goats smash through the stained glass. Wow! Wow! They all hop on board and streak for the exit. Rooster's all, Mav, that's not enough runway. <laughs> Thor leans over the side and shits on Zeus's corpse as the sleigh bells jingle off. Later, assholes! Portman's all, and please tell your kids to worship Dr. Jane Foster. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the poorly lit realm, Gore visits the kids. Since they're all gods, one of them looks like a piranha. Hello, kids. Speaking of twisting CG, this is Humpty. Aw, you were loving it before. Heimdall Jr.'s all. I mean, Vanilla's all. We weren't loving it before. We looked disgusted in that shot. Your joke makes no sense. Speaking of, Thor's coming. I'm counting on it. I need his axe to... Well, you'll see. It's usual MCU thing. Meanwhile, on Thor's Viking space goat boat. Jane, we should have sex again. I'm even more attracted to you now that we're identical. Thor, I have cancer. I guess that makes me worthy. Or am I just Thor because you told your hammer to protect me and I'm not actually worthy? Want to feel something shitty? Yeah. He kisses her. Beside me, Jessica Albert in her fantastic four suit stares at nothing. In the poop deck, Korg's all... By the way, despite any references in Ragnarok to my mom's boyfriend, I now refer to the pieces of regenerating rocks that produced me as dads. He then asks her if a bunch of exposition happened to her, and she says yes. For some reason, the goats crash into a moon. They all get out and find some spooky tunnels. Right, let's separate. If you smell any kids, run vaguely in me direction. Good luck. Waste not, want not. Knock, knock. (laughs) As Portman walks into a room, a bucket of water falls on her head. It's a trap. She takes Thor's axe and flings it into the sky. <laughs> I'm laughing at stuff from the movie. Beside me, Akbar plays Wordle. Gore summons a bunch of blurry CG and instantly defeats them, possibly because Thor is weaponless. Oh, uh, their plan. They all get tied up and whimper while Gore's all, Call the axe. Damn, this seemed like such a good plan in me head. Thor calls the axe, Gore takes it and leaves before a piece of CG hurts Valkyrie's kidney. Portman's all, Thor, forget the mission. We have to get her out of here. She could be in moderate pain. The goats show up and they're back on Earth again where they decide to treat Valkyrie in a human hospital. They put Jane in another bed and stick some chemo in her. There, now no more adventuring for you. Being Thor somehow ruining your chemo. Mjolnir has a funny way of defining protecting, huh? Maybe we can just have Dr. Strange cast Cure Cancer on you. He does it every day for randos. Thor, no. I need to do this the dumb way for dramatic reasons. All right, but no more Thoring. He tousles her boobs, looks longingly at Mjolnir hovering emotionlessly nearby, and walks onto some grass where Valkyrie's on crutches. Damn, getting stabbed by the necrosword cost me a kidney. I thought we regenerate those. Anyway, yeah, butchery. That was a real butchery. I haven't felt this sympathetic to a mutilated colleague since Sif. Wait, kidney? 
kids. That's it. I can now teleport myself to wherever the kids are and give them me powers. See you in Thor 5. Meanwhile, Gore reaches Eternity, which is behind the bank vault from Die Hard. He sets all the Thor kids unharmed a few feet away. Then aims Thor's axe at it, and it starts drilling through the Eternium. Beside me, a DC exec's all... Is it too soon to offer Bale Scarecrow? <laughs> Thor gets out of a golf cart driven honking by Watiti and walks up to the kids. A couple of them clap. That's right. Knock, knock. Now, how many of you have battle experience? No one. All right. Um, Heimdall Jr.'s all. We're all 10 and interchangeable. Well, no time to start like the present. All right. Pick up some weapons. <laughs> Suddenly, they realize a bunch of plastic weapons are lying nearby, thoughtfully provided by Gore. Or Eternity. Also, uh, here. Thor crosses his eyes again until his eyes turn blue. All the kids' eyes turn blue, except for Heimdall's, whose eyes are confusingly the same yellow as Gore's. From me in the ice cream store in New Asgard. While Gore's shadow CG waits patiently, the kids scream. One little girl attacks by screaming and turning in a circle while her teddy bear shoots laser beams out of its eyes, <laughs> which with her indiscriminate aim, I assume kills many kids. Meanwhile, <laughs> Thor attacks Gore and gets defeated easily. Gore raises the necro sword. Goodbye, Thor. But suddenly, Portman blocks the death blow with her knobs. Gore's all... Wouldn't I have seen or sensed you? <laughs> Portman's all. The name's Dr. Jane Foster of Long Beach State Metaphysics Department. Grade point average, 2.2. <laughs> Suddenly her cancer's back, so she passes out. Then, instead of killing him, Thor and Jane let Gore go into eternity. Fortunately, eternity lets them all come inside as well. Eternity's an empty white room, kind of like Scarlet Witch's brain and Dr. Strange. There's a statue of eternity. Gore, who's suddenly weak and mildly scratched up, crawls over to it. Thor, my cancer. It's the end of the movie. <laughs> Damn you, Gore. I have half a mind to stop you and finish the mission and wish all those everything's fine again and, and then the kids will live if I do that. But instead, I'll hang back here and spend my final moments cradling me ex. I hope you learned a lesson. Gore makes his wish resurrecting his dead daughter. Beside me, Wonder Woman and Pedro Pascal text, not each other. His daughter's all, oh, wait, I'm alive again? Huh. Jane's all, Thor, bye. She turns into gold fairy dust. Beside me, Tom's all, that's exactly how cancer feels. <laughs> Gore weakly shoves his daughter at Thor. Here, gods are awesome. Uh, you take care of her. That makes sense. He marble dies. Thor nods grimly. More kids. While thank God the fun parts are over music plays, we see <laughs> Thor now living in a small studio apartment with Gore's daughter. Here, I made you some goat. The kid shoots purple eye lasers at him that she has for some fucking reason and destroys his skillet. Damn you, this was a 40 cent skillet. Oh. Thor shakes his fist at her and winks affectionately at us. Beside me, Tom's all, Mr. Mom. <laughs> I just cut and pasted that line. <laughs> Guess I should have just saved it. Korg's voice is all, And so the MCU returned to Disney Ormal. And if people asked what we have to call Thor and this new kid character and future IP things, Kevin Feige said, I guess love and thunder. 
So now the kid's full legal name is Love Gore the God Butcher Thunder Jr. <laughs> Rock music plays while Thor and the kid freeze frame attacking some random strangers. As the credits start to roll, I lean over to the goat screaming beside me and go, Well, it kind of went soft there at the end, but Thor killing Zeus? Uh, that's a pretty epic addition to both myth cycles. <laughs> Suddenly there's a shot of Zeus in Omnipotent City touching the hole in his belly. Oh, it's just a marble wound. By the way, this guy from Ted Lasso is now Hercules. Roy can't walks on screen wearing leather bondage gear. <laughs> Pretend me accent's Greek. Grr. More words no one reads scroll by. Then Jane farts awake next to a CG castle in Idris Elba. Welcome, Jane, to Valhalla. The perfect astrolife for an astrophysicist. I mean, Shane smiles excitedly. She's dead and living with a bunch of Norse strangers from another millennium. Hunting's going to be so fun without Mjolnir. Beside me, Sif's all, wait, she didn't die in an on-screen battlefield. She died in a white room called Eternity way after it was over. And from cancer, not battle injuries. What the fuck? Loki's all. Also, based on other Thor movies, I'm probably Gore's daughter. The end. Kelly one, can I have one more uh, tooth natcher or tooth grinder call? <laughs> I just want to do my over under real quick and then have you do yours and, and, uh, and tell us what you thought. Uh, Kelly one, I. I mean, I can understand people having problems with this movie, but oh my god, I adored it, and it made me so You're an happy. idiot. I am an idiot, but here's you the deal. You suck. I hate you. I, I tried to tra train you. Go on. Well, I, I, I adored this movie, and oh, I, I mainly adored it. I, I think you get a lot of credit for this, and I want to talk about it. I adored it because I recognized things as they were happening, and I mm -hmm. recognized what changes Taika Waititi and... and um, I want to get her name right. Uh, Jennifer Robinson were, were applying to the source material, and I loved it. I loved what they were doing. I'm okay with the changes they made, even though I disagree with some of them, because I feel that what I got to enjoy was a Taika Waititi movie. I don't. This would this happened to be Marvel subject matter? Fine, whatever. My over is obviously Jojo Rabbit, which. That movie means so much to me, and I just don't even really know how to articulate it. You're so not allowed to use that because you didn't. You were against it for years and well, refused I, to I watch it. I didn't see it. it for years. I didn't know what it was, and I finally watched I it. Told and I told you discovered what it was. All right, all right. Well, what did you tell? I, I don't, Everyone ever, told you to watch it. Everyone told no, you to no, watch no, it. I know, and I planned to watch it, and I eventually all right, all right. did watch it. But what I didn't know, I, I and this is my own fault because I didn't want to know anything about it. So I didn't let anyone tell me why I should see it. I just knew that I should and that I would at some point. Okay. Here's why I didn't, because. I don't think Taika Waititi's earlier comedies work for me as well as his post-Jojo Rabbit stuff does, including Thor Ragnarok. Wait, is Ragnarok before Ragnarok's or after? Ragnarok's before because okay. I saw that in Germany. That's what basic, I basically, something happened. I don't know what it was, but I didn't like Hunt for the Wilder People at all. I don't like his Eagle versus Shark. Like all the stuff he did with Jermaine Clement back then, which I associate with Flight of the Conchords. Like I love Flight of the Conchords, and I know he was associated with what that. What are we doing in the shadows, the movie? The movie was fine, and I enjoy the series as it's finding its legs and as its cast is gelling. I really like the series. The movie was fine. I wasn't that into it. I enjoyed Matt Berry. But, but anyway, my point is – I got to see a Taika Waititi movie today, which I loved, not as much as Jojo Rabbit, of course, because it's just a goofy Marvel thing. 
but I, I, I would put my under as a Ragnarok. Um, cause I love oh, Ragnarok. No, no, I, love, I mean, just as Taika Waititi movies go. Um, so I just, and, and, and it's, it's all due to you, Kelly Wand. It's your fault. I like this movie as much as I did. And you know why, and we're going to talk about that. Okay, so real quick, give me your over and under, and, and briefly what you thought of this movie. What was your over again? Uh, Jojo, I mean, Jojo it, Rabbit. Me, and your under was Ragnarok. Exactly, it's a continuum. It's these are all Taika Waititi movies to me, and it goes Jojo Rabbit, then this. I liked this better than Ragnarok for reasons we'll talk about. Then Ragnarok, all and right. they're all of a piece to me. I mean, I also this week. I, I did a dingus and I watched so many movies. Like we would do a Fast and Furious uh, podcast and we would show up and talk about it. And dingus would announce, oh, I watched all 12 Fast and Furious Fuck. movies. And I just, I, you know, I bless his heart. That's that he commitment. Did that. I know. Yeah, exactly. It was commitment. But I remember he would do that. And I would think, what did you really get out of that dingus? Uh, <laughs> but it was his way of kind of psyching yeah. himself up to talk about it. So – I took a page from Dingus's book, so I this week watched Thor one. I watched Dark World. I watched the, the thread. I watched all of the um, the Russo brothers movies up through Endgame. Like I did the oh, whole Marvel no. experience all over again. That ruined your brain, dude. I'm telling well, you, no, it didn't, that's not healthy. I, <laughs> that's terrible. And coming it, off the comics, oh well, God. that's the thing. It was that's a Dingus. Too much. It, it was to get psyched up. To see this movie, which right. I didn't see until today, and then to talk about it. Oh, you're fresh off it. Oh, I'm so fresh. Well, I saw Black mm. Phone immediately afterwards, so I uh. sat Black. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But there goes that freshness. At any rate, so that that's why I'm I'm doing Jojo Rabbit, uh, Thor: Love and Thunder, then Thor: Ragnarok. That's why they're my over under because I just think of this as a takeaway TV comedy. Um, so we'll get into that in a minute. I need your over and right. under and what you thought. Well, I was deeply disappointed, although I was with it for the first half or so for the Taika Waititi stuff too, but then okay. it started, I think, I think, jumping the shark, and I was so bummed when Gore didn't attack Omnipotent City. I thought that, I really kind of checked out after that. There was lazy writing. Does he in the, in the Jason Aaron? Comment? No. Yeah, okay. But the kids kind of, I thought, subverted the plot too. And you just like see- Like Thunderdome kind of situation. Yeah, and there's no God sure. butchery on screen. All I know, did, right? Right? Yeah. And I don't know, just the comics ruined this movie for me. Like okay. I read them a few months ago and then subjected you to them also. So my over would be Thor, the complete collection by Jason Aaron, the, <laughs> comics, the source material. But if I'm restricted to movies, I'll choose Ragnarok as my over, which okay. is to me a far superior piece of art than this film. Uh, and uh, my under, I guess, would be Dark World. Yeah, is so bad, isn't that's it? A, that's God. objectively the worst. Like, no one God. likes it. Hemsworth doesn't like it. I mean, I, I was watching – as I was watching Thor 1, I was thinking, God, this is awful. Thor 2 can't be as bad as I remember. But then, sure enough, Dark World is so bad. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, yeah and there just wasn't enough Necrosword action. I didn't like the action of this. I liked some of the jokes, but then it's like the material kept intruding in the fun. I don't. I don't think the movie cares that much about action either. Like all the action sequences were basically just stuff to happen in the background, uh, like that 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 attack on Asgard you're talking about. I feel like Taika Waititi deliberately didn't show us any cool action stuff because he was doing other things there. Sure, um, but wasn't there? 
okay, you're fre- you're way fresh off Ragnarok than me. Maybe I'm overrating it. But wasn't there a cool action in that? I remember being oh, yeah, yeah, really no, no, impressed no, by no, the action. No, no, Ragnarok. Ragnarok very much still had like a lot it of stunt awesome work jokes. and sequences. Yeah, and I feel like they were definitely downplaying that in this movie. That's a fair point. Yeah, totally. And there was just there were way too many kids, and I hated the ending. That is so not the ending I want. <laughs> That's not that is not the direction I wanted this story to go. And just okay, for so your then, information, uh-huh. uh, Eternity in the comics is like a Marvel Comics character and the brother of Infinity. Something something. <laughs> Celestials, <laughs> something, something, the Living Tribunal. That is so chaos. funny! Oh my god, so it's that's they, hilarious. It, they're, but they, it, like that character has a history and a personality and interacts with Doctor Strange and shit, and it's like this whole thing. That's basically like they did with a. Uh, they just wrote Lady Death out of the whole Thanos plotline, right. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Well, I, I'm stuck on source material more than you, and that's always well, let's, been let's talk about the source material. Issues, you know? Well, the source material is – why don't you tell the listeners what you and I have been reading and what you, you gave me as a gift. So we did the Doctor Strange podcast, and then you gave me as a gift a bunch of Jason Aaron Doctor Strange comics, which I really enjoyed and was yeah, kind right. of bummed that I hadn't read. Like I feel that that, you know, that might have ruined the movie for me. That's what I'm saying. But it's so there's they have just have so much more texture, and also everybody's alive in the comics, and they're dead in the movies because they don't want the actors around anymore. And they're, it's, I mean, they're Marvel dead, but it's like well, Odin's they, alive, the mom's alive, Sif's alive, Thor, and and the grandpa Thor stuff with his granddaughters. Like, I really wanted, was hoping for some of that action in this. So, why don't you tell the listeners then explain how we, uh, yeah, what is this that you and I read? Because you also then gave me as a gift this before we did this podcast and then i give you uh, dr strange by the same guy but right so, so why don't you tell the listeners what this is right. okay sorry so my comics i tend to go in and out of comics and then when i get back into them i get into them really hard and i have like a guy like a friend who's like a comics nerd and he like steers me towards the really good stuff so i wind up assuming that everything's as good as the really good stuff but maybe he's just like giving me the cream of the cream which is probably what's really happening but this writer named jason aaron did kind of an undistinguished run on Hulk and maybe some other stuff. I don't know, but he did a run on Thor that totally like Thor was almost canceled in the nineties or was canceled. I think, cause it was for, it was just lame writing, like no good ideas. And then this guy, Jason Aaron injected a lot of new juice into it in this series of comics that I read a few months ago and then gave to Tom. And uh, I didn't realize that this was a Thor revitalization in, in the comic space. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's, it's like if you look at the the table of contents page, it's all from different titles, like all collected together. That's why I like these omnibus editions. Well, no, I, what I just I didn't know that. Like for all I knew, Thor was an ongoing concern, and this guy stepped in at some point and just took over. Like I didn't know that he was basically rescuing Thor from. Uh, he might not either. have been. The listeners might correct me on that. Okay. I just know that it was the sales were low if he wasn't canceled altogether. And, but this, this was a prominent sort of revitalization yeah. of Thor in the comics, you're saying. Right. right. In fact, most of the MCU stuff is from like epic runs in the comics. And so this was like the late, like the most recent. Um, well, I, so I, was, I, didn't, I didn't give you the full thing yet because you didn't get to the Wolverine stuff. <laughs> Did you get to Galactus? Yeah, because that's where the Necrosword, that's the payoff for the Necrosword. Right. Which I kind of like. Uh, see, come on. The Necrosword's awesome, and it gives Thor a lot of trouble in the comics. And in the movie, it's sort of dispensed with a little, like, the Night King and Game of Can Thrones. Can I tell you why I'm okay with that, though? Because it's Taika Waititi movie, and you're fine yeah, okay, with well, all because of it. There's, well, because that payoff with Galactus isn't there. Like, there, in, in this space, this two-hour space that we have for Taika Waititi to tell us a story, 
I, I don't feel that the, the Necro Sword is just a device to give Christian Bale power. For but he doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't use it enough. No, he doesn't. But it, it, it doesn't. I don't feel that Taika Waititi cares about the Necro Sword. I know. Um, so he shouldn't do this arc. He should just hang. He should just do Thor and Jane as a rom com, and not do this. Not do the thing he has to do. That's his mission. <laughs> I mean, I, don't I guess know. you're right. It's, 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 I thought he phoned it in. On, and I'm a fan of his work. I thought this was like one of my least favorite takeaway TDs. But I haven't sure. seen the early stuff. And it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, it definitely feels, I, I would definitely concur with you, Kelly Wan, that if I look at the source material, which I have to say, I didn't enjoy as much. Like, I didn't, yeah. I liked the Doctor Strange way better than the Thor, specifically because I don't, I don't think Jason, I, I'm not fond of Jason Aaron's writing. I'll just say that. Uh, I loved the experience of these Doctor Strange and Thor comic books. Yeah. But I'm not – I don't think Jason Aaron is a very good writer. And I want to tell you the first – my first problem <laughs> with him as I was reading Thor. The whole thing with Gore the God Butcher yeah. felt to me just him repurposing the same thing he did with Doctor Strange where we're going to have yeah. an apocalypse right. – where there's all magic is gone from the world, which is the source of his power. So therefore, Doctor Strange has to learn how to do without his power. So that whole what if there was no magic apocalypse? He just almost wholesale lifted into this God Butcher plot line with, hey, what if there was an apocalypse where someone killed all the gods? And I think he did felt- Thor first, though. And so ah. you can say that's the prototype in, the, in Doctor Strange. I actually think I like Doctor Strange more too. Well, I like Doctor Strange more too because – And also. One of my issues too with comic books, and I'm totally okay with the way that comic books distinguish between magic and, and technology. Like that's a big deal, and I'm fine with that. But with the Thor stuff, they're trying to create what I feel is this subcategory of magic, and I realize this doesn't bother most people – but because of my background, my education, because of my fascination <laughs> with religion, yeah. the way that they just stir theology in there as if it were magic, um, I, I kind of bristle at that. Really? Um, well, just because I, I feel like – That's in, weird to well, me. Well, Jason Aaron in the Thor comics, he's setting up this whole idea that gods are people who answer prayers. Right. That that is the point of a god. Right. And I feel that okay, that's 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 dumb and superficial, and that's a, that's a dumb comic book reduction. Uh, right. And and I you know that that's fine. It's a dumb comic book. I'm okay with that. But when they play out in, in the comic, when when it's it's just the the same role that magic fills for Doctor Strange, this idea of gods with a lowercase g fills that for Jason Aaron in the Thor comics. And I feel that that's a gross misreading of what religion historically actually is. And I'm okay with that. Like, I don't mind that he does that. But I don't enjoy him playing with this idea of gods as much as I do with him playing with this idea of magic. Um, uh, just because I mean, gods, that's, myths are the same thing, though. I mean, right. Well, well mythology and myth. Sure, sure. But mythology no and religion are. Like I'm using – to me, the terms are indistinguishable, but right. out of respect, I don't use them indis- uh, as the same thing. Well, um, that's fine. I mean to, I'll tell you – okay, that's something you don't like about Jason Aaron. I'll tell you something that's awesome about Jason Aaron. Okay. Thor uses Mjolnir as a defibrillator to bring Jane back to life, which I, that was a moment I was so looking forward to in this. Like that would have been – I don't know. Kind of 
I mean, that would have. I mean, and that's why I like his writing. Like he he's good with like setting up cool conflicts and stuff. Well, you know, I, I, here you go. Like Jason Aaron having Thor or having Doctor Strange summon Jane Foster as Thor to do brain cancer surgery. Like I love just yeah. how how unhinged and ridiculous and absurd mm-hmm. and how committed he is to that that bit in Doctor Strange. Yeah. I love that kind of thing as well, Kelly Wand. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think that would have fit here. Defibrillating Jane with uh, with Mjolnir. Really? Because, well, we'll take away uh, TD and Jennifer Robin uh, Robinson. Come in. Yeah, Robinson are telling a very specific story about people learning to deal with the fact that their that their exes are not with them anymore. <laughs> like he didn't want to tell a story about a guy who wants to butcher gods. He didn't want to tell a story because if you remember too, Gore. The finale of that Gore plotline is the God Bomb. Right. I feel as like I right. I would call that bad writing. Like God bomb is just dumb. That just says to me, you've run out of ideas and you're just grasping at something. I don't know. I don't think you read it baked enough, I'd like to say it. That point. that might be totally and, fair. Yes. And this uh you know, that makes a big difference for you because Northman I think would have been a way different experience if your weed hadn't worn off in the middle of that. But my point is that all these these cool Jason Aaron things that he did, which I could agree with you are cool, I don't think would have fit in the kind of story that Taika Waititi wanted to tell. Well, then don't Um, do that arc. Well, no, 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 because what I was going to say is I agree with you that Taika Waititi took this arc and he treated it like a salad bar. And if I cared about that arc, if I had any – concern about the arc's integrity or the, the integrity of source material i could that would definitely bother me you know but, what oh, go on yeah. oh but what i did get out of it kelly wand my god i just cannot tell you how so i texted you when i when i was you may not even know have known what this was but when i first was watching thor one i texted you a picture of them riding out on uh, the rainbow bridge on horses and i sent you a text Say of that of that image, just me watching it in home, saying, "What the fuck is this bullshit?" <laughs> you may not have known what I was talking about, but what I was talking about is they were riding horses, which I thought was really stupid. Like if I wanted to see my Norse heroes, right? If I wanted to see heroes riding out on horses, I'd read Larry McMurtry or something. Like because I thought it was really cool. And Jason, what should they ride? Up, What's their goats? Toothmasher okay. and tooth grinder. Right, like, right, that right. was a really cool because you used to you used to say those names on the podcast. I had no idea what you were talking about, um, but huh. now I knew who they were. So when they showed up in the movie, got excited. Wand, I, I, I was so, I, know. I mean, that's what it's like to be in the comic books and go to a Marvel movie. Yeah. I have never experienced that before. Did they scream in the comics? I don't remember that. No, no, no. That was a take it with Titi thing yeah, to I make them it. annoying. Yeah, goats yeah. make weird noises. I was going to say, the goats, you either love them or you hate them. And I read reviews like people go, oh, God, fucking stupid. I, the go- Every time I heard the goats, I thought it was hysterical, personally. I they but were- can I tell you, too, how many times that happened to me in this movie? Kelly Wand, when this movie opened, <laughs> the moment that I saw – I didn't even know that was Christian Bale, by the way. But the moment <laughs> I saw – I mean, once he started talking, I figured it out. But the moment I saw like a bald guy in a robe carrying his daughter, I knew that was gore. Like I was like, oh my right. god, that's the plot line. I, I cannot tell you how thrilling that was, Kelly Wand. Yeah. I mean, you're, you, you probably take that sort of thing for granted because you've been there before. But I haven't. This is all new to me. 
Well, um, I'm glad I gave you that sensation because it is an exciting feeling. But it's usually perverted and ruined. Like the Phoenix Saga is this big thing on the X-Men and they've done it twice totally shittily. And that's usually what happens. Here's why I don't care. Because, <laughs> no, no, because it's Taika Waititi. Right. Because I feel that Taika Waititi read the same comic book that I read and Jennifer Robinson. I, I feel she cold. deserves credit as well. And she took – and he, they took from it things – and made their own movie. And I recognize – and it might be a patchwork of stuff from the comic book, but just the fact that I recognized it from the comic book, that I knew that they had read a comic book that I read and that they liked parts of it enough to put in their movie. I just loved that. Like the fact that I knew what Omniscient City was before they went, when they said they're going. I was sitting there thinking, gosh, I hope they go to – like is Omniscient City going to be in this? Because that's where he goes to do – like to look up stuff on gore. And when they actually went, Kelly won. I, I just wanted to stand up and pump my fist. Uh, uh, it was just so exciting for me. Come nah. on. You, you get that all the time. I never get that. Well, then it stops doing that, and then it does its own thing. And then in the, his, ah, his, his departures to me are lame because the kids aren't in the comics. What is – And they, they ruin the movie. No, no. I agree. Um, here's my – There's I a feel, lot of them. Jesus Christ. I feel that Taika Waititi, so I also... Uh, he made a movie for his kids. That's what happened. That's what always happens. It's fucking Jar Jar Binks all over again. But okay, Taika Waititi has been making these movies all along, I, I feel. Like, this has been his sense of humor all along. This has been the kind of stakes that he's comfortable with. Um, like, I, I, I... Jojo Rabbit is all about how does it... Taika Waititi makes childish movies, but not right. in a bad way and not necessarily for children. The, he makes chill, he makes movies that are kind of almost from a, a, a child's perspective. Like Jojo Rabbit is all about how a child perceives Nazi Germany. Right. Um, and there's this kind of glee to it. Uh, and I feel like it's the same with – It's what Life is Beautiful thinks it is. Yeah, yeah. But I feel that there's some of that in these Marvel movies. And, and, and part of that childishness too is – a scene where Thor makes a bunch of little kids like that, that big finale, that battle that Thor loses and that Gore, you know, runs into the eternity that he gets away from. Like Ugh. that battle is basically a bunch of kids just playing. I know, but I eh. love that. Like that's, that's Taika, Taika Waititi is all about how does the world look to children? How do children feel? Where do they fit in the world? Like, I just love that he's thinking about that and putting that in what would otherwise have been this really dark, dire apocalypse where all gods are butchered all throughout the universe and mankind is miserable and Jane Foster is dying of cancer. And like he, he takes this, this dark, miserable arc of cosmic superheroism and he just makes it more precocious and childish and adorable. And I like small. the jokes. Yeah. It's, it's like the pathos that's a bit, I think. Like you, you just, and he yeah, wishes like, his daughter back to life and she, she, I don't I don't know. I felt nothing during that scene. I also didn't. I mean I yeah. It, yeah. I and I remember thinking when I read in the comic, oh, Jane's worthy because cancer. Tom's going to hate that shit. Oh, I did. I, I, go, I go, I hope he overlooks it. That's what I remember thinking. Like, I hope he'll just tune out and go, but look, Galactus, so they can, I can smoke screen over <laughs> with cool visuals. I mean, the whole yeah, thing with – The whole thing, too, with the, uh, the Jason Aaron Jane arc 
is he plays it like a, a mystery about her identity where yeah, nobody was, knows that it's her. You know what? It, he was winging it too because I read an interview with him or it was in one of those collections where he goes – he was it was going to be Thor's mom. And then at the last one, he's like, no, it should be Jane. And so, okay, well, that that to me that shows. Right. I mean, yeah. I, I, I and I I think that by the way is a bullshit way to, to write a story. I arc. know, and 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 also I think that he's did well. I think the story arc is cheap for the, what it also says about Mjolnir, because uh, we have this backstory where Mjolnir is a a, a, a sentient cosmic storm trapped in Uru, right? Yeah. yeah. And and we find out too. Mjolnir can just manifest his own Thor if he wants, because right. that's like the trick. Like he does a fake out at the end, which is, I felt like it was a super cheap trick, and he resolves it by saying, "Oh yeah, Mjolnir is sentient, and he can make his own Thor." Which I, why does Mjolnir even need a Thor if that's the case? Like I, I hated so much about how that whole arc was resolved, and I was so happy that none of that nonsense was in uh, Taika Waititi's interpretation of. of of a lady Thor. Yeah, but kids aren't better. That just ruins it. Well, again, the kids are. It, it's it's just lifted out of Jojo Rabbit. Uh, like he's using he's 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 using kids. One kid. Well, no, no. There was a lot of stuff about kids in Jojo Rabbit because because mm. you know the Nazis uh, uh, drafting in the army old men and children. There's those all that were stuff more... about his, his his friend Archie, like uh, in Jojo Rabbit. Right, but those are very distinctive idiosyncratic kids. I would These say that kids Thomas are just. Thomas and McKenzie's character is 16. She's a kid. No, no. I'm saying the kids in this are not oh, oh, Thomas oh. McKenzie. Right, right. No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm right, sliding right. the Thor, Love, and Thunder kids, not <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. Fair enough, fair enough. Just to clarify. I mean, the kids in this are, are – they're basically set dressing. But, but I know. You are, ah. you, man, you really – you're just a – you're just a – Super you're kids. WC Fields, aren't you? Because it's, um, it's a Disney – thing it's like disney marvel disney star wars it's all kids now it's so saccharine i can feel it it's just seeping into everything but it's and not all the original kids. star wars didn't have any kids in it it was really awesome you know it's like mm. the whole idea was you watch it as a kid and go oh that's gonna be that's that's cool you watch cool shit happen <laughs> i get i, I <laughs> hear no you one wants to see no. kid thor i do I do. Really? Like, I, I love the kids in this. I, that's the thing, Kelly. Uh, I'm a 55 year old man who's delighted in the fact that there that there were. <laughs> that's what's going on. I got it. Now. You're an old man. I'm just a heartless. I, I don't. I mean, I don't I'm like other. Like, I don't like Stranger Things. Stranger Things is oh, dumb. God, I hate those worst. kids. Good. Good. So why? Good. I can like the Thor kid. The thing is, the Thor kids are so inconsequential to what the movie is. They're in it too much, then. But the Zeus stuff was kind of it was pretty good. Oh my god! And and also yeah, like, like fat that. Russell Crowe with Zeus. I was that, still that, into the movie post Zeus, and then I was slowly faded after that. So you know, by the way, that's in the trailer. They yeah. ruined that stuff in I the know. trailer, which I can't believe. I would have been so mad if I knew that Russell Crowe was in this. Like that was such a treat as well. Uh, but if Gorgeous showed up and started whacking on everybody, wouldn't that have been awesome? No, because that wasn't the tone they were going for. No, but what if – no, but just Thor is still doing jokes and stuff. It can be I, even the same as the fishing village, but it's all the gods. Like that's what, that's why it worked for – that's why I love Ragnarok, Tom, is because all this really epic shit's going on in the background, yeah, no, like the yeah, end of Ragnarok, yeah, and yep. he's still joking his way through it. And to me, he stopped joking. Like the jokes just stopped suddenly, and it's like, oh, this is serious. This is, this is Gore's daughter, dude. You got you to gotta cry now. This is real. This is Gore's daughter. <laughs> Fucking let, let, me try to, let me float this by you. What? So we had our our, our pre Taika Waititi Thor, 
Uh, and that was another issue, by the way, that I have with the Jason Aaron line. I don't think Thor's a very interesting character. Like Jason oh. Aaron. No, no, here's the deal. Dare you. Jason Aaron had to split him into three separate characters to find anything interesting about him. That's how boring <laughs> Thor is, I feel. But uh, Thor is an old man, super interesting. First no, no, off. I love He's that stuff. No, no, I know, I know. I, I love all that stuff. But what I'm saying, though, is from the movies and just as a basic concept, I feel that Thor is just like he's he's brash and reckless and young and like um, I don't feel like he's a he's not introspective. He's certainly not very self aware. Um, but once Taika Waititi, once Taika Waititi gets his hands on him, he grows. I would say, uh, and that's because Ragnarok is about him learning humility and sacrifice, whereas. Uh, in Love and Thunder, it's about Thor grappling with insecurity. And if you were to set that against the backdrop of a theological apocalypse throughout the universe, yeah. presented presented as darkly as it is, you would have a very different movie. And Man. I feel and I just feel like Taika Waititi made the right call if he wants to show us this new character and Thor's a comedic character grappling with insecurity, the stakes have to be relatively low. You can't have this theological don't apocalypse do looming, looming over the universe. Why? Thor is like his signature character now. No, like, but Thor is exciting. Yeah, Thor is is a Thor Kelly Wan. It's a mismatch. It's a mis tonal mismatch. Thor is a well. First of all, the problem I think well, not problem. I think what you're limited by is the fact that Thor is Chris Hemsworth. Thor is a comedic character, kind of full stop. Like I just don't mm -hmm. think there can be much Embo. there. Pardon? He's a himbo. Exactly, a himbo. Very yeah. well put. And I think he shines great he's brilliant one. at that. He, yeah. Exactly. He's a fantastic one at that. Yeah. Uh, so I just don't think that there's much I, – I don't know. Maybe I'll be wrong in the future well, and I'm open to that. But I, once the Taika Waititi got a hold of him, he just became a lovable clown, and I love that now. I'm fine. Oh, no, no, yeah. And I let me say something else too. And uh, I like uh, – I like – Jane Foster as Thor in the comics. I think like the cancer thing is kind of dumb for the reasons you think it is. But like I liked her attitude and I liked that she would take on Odin. Like she took on she she was super fearless and her and Thor at one point admits like Mjolnir never did that for me. Like, you mean in the comic or the movie? The comic and the movie. Uh, I like chunks of it. Here's my issue with the uh, the. Uh female Thor in the movie. Okay. So I, <laughs> I'm excited. I well, want to hear not this. Be, it's not going to be anything controversial. I, uh. I just, I don't think, I think of all the cast members who got Taika Waititi's sense of humor, she was probably the weakest link, sadly. Yeah. And that, her that lines are me. good, but she seemed, her rhythm seemed off. I was trying to remember while I was watching her, wait, did she do, has she done comedies before? And I, I remember thinking the funniest I've ever seen her for me was in Closer, which to me is well, a comedy. What's the thing with uh, Zach Braff where she's the manic pixie dream girl? That Sundancey movie that we all like. I hate you, that movie. You liked it. Come on. You hated it. What was that? Um, Jersey State. Garden State. Yeah, right? Garden State. Yeah. So Garden State. I don't love Garden a, State. Are you crazy? You don't? Well, she's funny in that. Like, she's really good in that and funny. I think and also uh, Hesher. She's weird. Oh, yeah. I bet there's fun to you. But here, I mean... But Jane I, Foster's I, a thankless role, I think. Kind of. Well, that's part of it, but I really do think... I don't, I, some people just can't do certain types of... 
certain styles of comedy or like some people can do mammoth, some can't. So I just don't think she does Waititi. Right. Um, Cause I think his, I think he goes like, there's some improvisation. Yep. And I don't think she's an improv. You, you have to be comfortable with nattering, I, right. I think. And there are a few scenes where she's you can tell. She's too poised. Exactly. That's a very good way to put it, Kelly Wan. She's too poised. Yeah. It, there's a much more of a kind of a slacker humor. To, I've seen uh, her funny on SNL, though. Like, she yeah. I, she can loosen up. Yep. But I don't know. All right. Here we go, Kelly Wan. Uh, I know. So, one of my issues with Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman is she's like thin as a rail and has no tone. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when Natalie Portman was dressed up as Lady Thor, she had some she didn't have a lot of definition on her biceps, but there was a nice bulk there. Uh, I, I thought she looked good as a superhero chick. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of her going blonde? I mean she does in the comic too. But I it's mean, like Captain you- America didn't change when he took the hammer in game, bro. <laughs> I, I, it feels like it's like a, a nod to the idea that they're Norse, but even Hemsworth loses his blonde at some point. Like Hemsworth Thor is red too. too. What is red? Isn't the original Thor redhead, Ginger Thor? Oh God, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. But that, I, I mean, I'm just thinking Norse. They're, they're they, they should all be blonde. Um, did you get to the part in the comics where a bunch of kid, elf kids get burned alive and Volstag? It traumatizes him, and then he becomes the War Thor. No. Oh. Wow. So wait, there's more. I thought. I mean, the Kelly one that you I saw. You? I feel like I didn't give you, you the whole thing. You gave me a ton. You gave me a huge. I volume. gave you a ton. It wasn't even the whole. You didn't get to Wolverine. Wolverine, me and Old Thor. Ugh. All right, I'm gonna send you some more stuff. Is that Jason Aaron stuff, or does that predate? Yeah, him? but if no, it's Jason Aaron. He gets better. The Malekith stuff's really good. Come on, the arm. Did, by the that's way, did you joke. notice that? Uh, no, no, I did. Uh, yeah, did that's you notice badass. that? Uh, I, oh my god! And that's the other thing, Kelly Wan, watching Thor too. Ugh, that's the Malekith. That's the worst adaptation. Is that of the thing? When I saw when I when I ran into Malekith in the in the uh, comic books, I even sent you a picture. Right, I, know. I thought this character yeah. was so cool. Yeah. I had no idea that 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 I'd seen him in Thor too. Yeah, like I had no idea it was Christopher Eccleston with a stupid. Like pointy ears. See, and that would have been a great Watiti character. Sorry, I said it like yeah, that. Yeah, I would love to see, see? Watiti do a Malekith. Yeah. Right. He could have. Oh, and burning up the arm and stuff. In front I mean, of I would love to take a Watiti just playing with this idea of a Spartal, I mean, the elf world stuff. Right. Like dark elves and light elves. I would love to see Sir Ivory Honeyshot in a yes. Taika Waititi movie. Yeah, the that League of Heroes. To happen. Come yes. on. That's what I thought this was going to be. That's why I was so disappointed. I don't yeah, know why I thought you that. Got, but you got Tooth Grinder, you got Tooth Nasher, you got Gore, you got the Necroblade. You Maybe got my the- weed wore off. Maybe I had a Northman <laughs> experience. Like another time, like so, I it's almost like I've created a living record of the parts of the comic book that really jumped out at me because I would take a picture and send it to you. The one where he talks about oh, I wrote down <laughs> its name, um, that big old huge lizard god that looks like just dragon bones. Okay. They, because he's in the movie where they, they just stand yeah, in front yeah, of Yeah, yeah, I forget his name. He um, has like a bunch of consonants in his name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in the comic, they talk about how he uh, – like they, they use wrestle the line from the holes. comic. Exactly. They say he was the nicest guy you ever met and he would wrestle black holes for fun. See? Which I love that line. Right. But I'm oh. okay with them cutting it down here just because they – I don't know. They didn't Supposedly wanna... there's a four-hour cut of this and we got <gasps> – the Lord of the Rings without Sauron and dying. Oh, I kind of want to see that. I want to see? see that now. Maybe, maybe I would like that, and it would shut me up. 
you know, because then it would balance it out. Because I, I don't know. I was, I broke up with this movie midway, and so maybe. So I'm what? Gonna... Yeah. So tell me, like, it, it was the kids, wasn't it? Like, yeah. Once, once they got kidnapped out of Asgard, you were like, oh my god, this is a kiddie movie. Um. Well, I'm and then also it's it. like uh, Valkyrie gets wounded, and it's like, oh, we gotta. It's like they have no plan. It just, I don't know. They're all just the characters got really dumb. Yeah, and yeah. and the plot got really stupid, and it felt like the characters were taking things seriously, and that was an that was an abomination to me because they weren't even doing that in in the Zeus scene. That Zeus scene ruled, and then at the Shadow Realm, like it's an actual trap. Oh, we got to take the cancer seriously. We got to take Valkyrie ser- wound seriously. <laughs> I will say, I like how I want to see. I didn't like serious. I like how he briefly wrote around that whole idea of how come Jane Foster can pick up Mjolnir. Cause it really does sound in the comics. Like it's this whole idea of, you know, cancering is noble and it make, suffering is, makes you noble. And like well, that. the thing, the thing they didn't uh, adapt is Thor loses Mjolnir in the comics because you know, he's no longer worthy because Nick Fury in his dying moments. Oh, right, right, right. No, I was going to ask you moon. about that. Yeah. Right. What does Nick Fury say that makes him unworthy? He whispers, Did we ever find out? Yeah, and it's it's crucial to everything we've been talking about. He whispers, Gore was right. So there. Pretty cool, huh? And that, that makes make, it, hmm. So that, that's why, so then he loses. Why would that shoulder. affect Thor so much, though? Like, <laughs> Maybe why it's would bad that, writing, I don't know. I don't understand why that would make Thor unworthy, though. Because the guy... It, Gore was right in that the gods suck, and that well, but Nick Fury thinks that. But why was why would Thor care so much about what? Nick because Fury? Nick Fury was turned into some cosmic being when he said that. Who knows everything? It wasn't just Nick Fury. He uh, remember the Watcher. Remember that eyeball? I do. I loved that. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that guy. And you know who the Watcher is in the Marvel comics? He's like a bald dude who lives on the moon and goes, "What if this happened?" Which confused me because he was an eyeball in a taxi cab driving Doctor Strange around when I'm right. Him. That's his eye. Yeah. Um, well, that's all that's left of him because he's dead. So he got killed on the moon, and then Nick Fury became his successor, named the Fuck. Listeners, help me out. What is it? He wears like a chain around himself and like a clock, like Flavor Flav or something. Um, and, and he's the one who makes Thor unworthy in the in, in the. Well, no, he just tells him he's unworthy. I don't know why. And Thor internalizes it and can't pick up Mjolnir. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But then, why can Jane pick it up? Because she has cancer. Time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's so dumb. you're worthy. Yeah. By the way, you're cancer worthy. and it's someone like I don't even have. Cancer right. is one of the most quotidian things on the planet. <laughs> like, cancer is not exceptional. That was one of the things I found out when yeah. I got it. Like, millions upon millions of people. I don't know if this is true, but one of the things that I've been told, and you couldn't possibly know this. Dolphins will never be worthy. Oh, right, right, right. But also, uh, if you live long enough, everyone will get cancer. I don't know if that's true, but I've been told Really? That. I mean, the only reason you don't get cancer is because something else kills you first. I don't know if that's a, uh, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But I feel like that's the opposite of what you're saying. What? But I'm kind of baked. No, no, I'm just saying cancer. But I think it's very common. I don't think it like it's a terrible thing, of course, yeah. and it's outrageous when it happens to like children. Have we always had it? Like Romans had it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. It's it's just a function of biology, and I think the thinking is that with enough time. But aging is a glitch too. So cryogenics, man. 
Telling but but cancer is basically just entropy. It just sort of is going to kick in eventually. But at any rate, what I did like in- – Oh, entropy is the son of eternity in the Marvel movies, <laughs> and I'm not making that up. Who's, Somewhere who's out there is a listener who's like, yeah, you tell him. Who's entropy's mom? And then he becomes the new eternity. Uh, 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 I don't know. It's I, it's it's written down somewhere. It's some other noun, like uh, co- cosmology, I think. Famine is, is a character in Marvel. Do you know that? Really? So is war. They're the horsemen of uh, of Oscar Isaac, right? And so, Ares is one of the gods. And also, there's well, Tyr, the, Tyr the North God, Norse god of war. He's dead in the comics. Well, in Hercules, I, I actually have a Hercules in my Marvel Champions. Dude, uh, Roy Kent. So I'm on board that. with that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. What am I saying? If yeah. it's with TD too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Oh That's, my god, I'd love see, to see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to see that guy in a take away TD comedy. M, he's a, he's a League of Heroes, Galactus, uh, Thor's granddaughters. I'll just I'll just Twitter tweet. Are you well, gonna ask me what? something else more important than what I'm rambling about? Yeah. Yes. You can ask me whatever you like. No, you were going to ask me something. Oh, I was going to ask you if you're ready to play good writing, bad writing. Oh, yeah. Well, first, let's take a commercial break, and then we'll be right back. This episode of the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast is brought to you by Finland and director Hannah Bergholm's debut feature, Pahan Hautua. Pahan Hautua. Pahan Hautua. 12-year-old Tinya is desperate to please her mother, a woman obsessed with presenting the image of a perfect family. She could start with their names, you ask me. One night, Tinya finds a strange egg. What hatches is beyond belief. See Pahan Hautoha, released in North America under the title Hatching, starring Sophia Hekele as mother, Yanni Volanen as father, and introducing Siri Solanalina as Tinya. Don't miss this year's breakout horror hit from Finland. Available now, where fine movies are streamed. And yeah. we are back for good writing, bad writing. Kelly Wand, I am going to give you three lines that were spoken in the movie Thor, Love and Thunder. You're going to tell me if they are good writing or bad writing. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Oh, first, the disclaimer. Oh, yeah. Good writing, bad writing is not to be used in any fiduciary, financial, academic, or medical capacity. It is strictly subjective enterprise based on the perspective of one person with an advanced degree in an unrelated field. It's from a credit institution higher learning that happens to be either read. Other than the good writing, bad writing, and virtual, all this is the final, official, and binding. Okay, here we go. So this is an exchange between Kat Dennings and uh, Natalie Portman. Kat Dennings as, uh, I forgot her name now. You made me forget her name. She was in one division. What was it? Stacey Fangelinson's <laughs> in the comics. Right, Stacey Fangelinson. Jason says, Aaron really worked wonders with her. <laughs> says, uh, um... Oh, yeah, no, no. So uh, Jane says about her cancer, anyway, it's not a big deal. And then Kat Denning says, Jane, it's stage four. And Jane says, out of how many? Kat Denning says, four. And then Jane says, that we know about. Kelly Wan, was this exchange good writing or bad writing? Bad writing um, because Jane's not a cancer doctor. She shouldn't be making claims like that. And right? it's also I, – I think it's – I, I agree with you. Like it's really weird. Why is – even if she is uh, like – It's out, out of character. It's out of character. But I think it, I think the bigger issue, I think it's where she's not getting Taika Waititi's sense of humor. 
Like I think she's not right. quite. Yeah. She doesn't know how to play the scene. Yeah. And and I, I feel bad for her because I've been there. Like I know it didn't get a like. laugh. I know, I know, and it, it not my it, audience. She never it, did actually. And you're she's, right. And she's really trying, but I just don't think she's in sync with the movie's sense of humor. Um, yep. So I thought that was bad writing. Okay, here we go. Next one. Chris Pratt says to uh, Chris Hemsworth, my hope is that one day you'll find someone who makes you feel this shitty. Is that good writing or bad writing? That's good writing. Why? I like it. Uh, wait, who's he saying it to? I forget. Oh, he's saying it to uh, to make uh, um, Thor feel better about being lonely. Because, you know, he's lost Gamora. Thor is, is lonely. So it's good writing because it pays off later on the boat. Indeed just, it does. And that's exactly yeah. what I liked about it too yeah. is it's a cute joke and Chris Pratt – it's very Chris Pratty. But it makes Chris Pratt the third point of the love triangle also. So I like that too. <laughs> well, on. it's a good line for him to deliver uh, and it does pay off later with uh, – like other people then get to play with the joke as well. It's a, it's a very generously made joke. So I, I like that. that – yeah, and I liked that – their dialogue on the boat also. I thought it was really good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just that God, just I, I, I just want them to take that boat a different place every week, and I want this to be a series. Yeah. Hey, are you watching Miss Marvel or you're not? You're just not even going to. Um, I'm really Disney Marvel. You know what? You might not. I don't. It, it might. It's be not too- over yet. This is what you said, dude. Hawkeye, and then two weeks later, you were no, like, it's over. Oh, it's oh. over. Miss Marvel's over. Um, you, you could. I've seen all of it. Um, I just I, have other things to do. I, I think Kelly One, it's too ebullient for you. All right, last instance of good writing, bad writing. Kelly Wan, you're I may crave for- ebullience again someday. Maybe when you just, crave ebullience, right definitely tune into Ms. Marvel. Um, Ugh, more kids. I, can't, I cannot I tell you too, Kelly Wan, how delighted I was to see Iman Villani's face prominently featured in that Marvel logo. Like that, that's the, the actress who plays Miss Marvel. Like it was just oh. such a joy to see her, like her big, beautiful, I think she's Pakistani, uh, face on the screen in that Marvel logo there. Well, sinister that. music plays because it's fading away from gore. No, it's, oh yeah. No, I thought that was the yeah. rock music bit, was it? Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> You've all right, so it. Kelly Wand, this is going to be a, what do you call it when well, you score two for all two, the right? points? But what do you call it when you get all the points? A shutout. This is going to be a shutout. Here we go, Kelly An Wand. airplane. It's not death or revenge you seek, Thor says to Gore. Gore responds, what do I seek? And Thor says, you seek love. Gore says, why should I seek love? Thor responds, because it's all any of us want. (laughs) Tell anyone that last line, is that response good writing or bad writing? Uh, I kind of zoned out while you were saying it, so I'm going to say bad writing just because there weren't any jokes going on and Gore didn't grab your attention and Gore, and Gore talking about things. The, the, They're talking about love and redemption, Kelly Wand. Right, and there's there's not a necrosword involved in the conversation, so so bad writing. I'm thinking about God bombs while you're talking. So, ba- so bad writing. No, very yeah. good. And it is bad writing, but my issue with it is it's grammatically incorrect. The final line should have been because it's all any of us wants. Right. It's all any, not any of us want. And they didn't, so bad so, writing, grammatically incorrect. He McGee'd you with TD. <laughs> By misspelling break in a Terminator movie. Right, right. You can't yeah. be a great painter and speller, too. Fair enough. Maybe. 
You gotta you gotta have some weak link somewhere with TD. You can't be. Did perfect. you see, by the way, what credit Jason Aaron got in this movie? No, I didn't. Creative consultant. Ah, <laughs> uh, cha-ching. Yeah. I agree with the siren. <laughs> um, oh, and also the the big old dragon god. His name was Thalagar. Ah. One of the nicest gods you'll ever meet. Wrestle black holes for fun. That yep. sounds. Wait, what if he flings it our way and all is cavorting? Just asking for a friend. Yeah, he, needs, he just needs to be careful God. where he plays. Sorry, I live in Long Beach. It sounds like that all the time. Man, a lot of, you need to you need to get some superheroes there to clean up the streets. I keep... um, Kelly Wand. I after I went to see Love and Thunder. Oh my God. I went to see Black Phone. Uh huh. Why didn't you warn me more? Actually, I would have seen it anyway. I forgot uh, it was a Joe Hill story. Or I... Ugh. <laughs> gotcha. So here's gotcha. The thing. not only did I go in and sit through Black Phone, and I, I, I mean, After I was Thor, your favorite. I know. Ever. I was. I came so close to leaving. I mean, I was so. It reminds me of your Crimes of the Future, Maverick, Marijuana OJ, <laughs> in reverse. <laughs> well, I wasn't stoned for either of those today. Like I, I. Oh what? my god! No, I was. Not, I was told I wasn't stoned at all for Thor. Um, uh, that's too bad. Um, I feel bad for you now. I don't no know wonder if- you liked it. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, but, Black Phone. Jesus. So, you know what? I just wait. Can I say one point about? Black no, no, Phone no. I, I, I wanted to talk, so yeah. So we're to the listeners. We're we're done talking about Thor: Love and Thunder. We're going to talk a little bit about Black Phone now, and we might spoil it. All right. So uh, what, what do you have to say about Black Phone? I just want to say I've noticed that. Uh, a trait of Stephen King and his offspring's psychic characters, their powers are always useless. Like in his novels and Oh, in Shining, and all that's the right. Danny yeah. doesn't do anything, does he? No, Danny doesn't do anything. <laughs> he gets he basically causes killed. it. Right. <laughs> he doesn't remember. The, he doesn't go, by the way, the, the hotel's going to blow up. Which to me, as a kid, I was like, why wouldn't he tell them that? There's something else I was watching. It was like a psychic character wouldn't have sensed someone being right there. But that is hilarious. Like in, in Black Phone, he rescued. Yeah, it was Black Phone. Duh. That's and what I'm trying to think of. Yeah. They're at the wrong address. The, wait, also, also, the ghosts can't remember their own names, but they can go, okay, it's by, it's under the third pipe, oh. uh, six feet under. Okay, you remember exactly that. You can't remember the combination, but you remember where you put it. You remember how to train people in karate with uh, dirt packed phone receivers. Yeah. Those yeah. kids didn't sound dead enough, and I know I sound really anti-kid on this podcast. <laughs> I don't mean to be. I like individual kids, but just you know. Um, well, the whole device—the whole device of the phone and having the ghost appear and the, the audience could Pointless. see. But God, it was so dumb. Why yeah. the sister wouldn't have been able to warn him? Like she's useless. She didn't. Oh, it's so dumb. So Why would no, she gone? By the way, don't go out today, or take your. Take the long way home. Like she's ten kids disappear on that uh, little girl's watch. That's all I'm saying. Okay, what? Yeah, the the, the, the cops in that town. Oh my god, the dumbest bad. cops. They go, okay, there's nothing here. It's the wrong house. Yeah, wait, they, hang on. Here's a door right next to us in plain view. And not only that, they bust in based on the little girl's dream too. Right. Yeah. But they're like, fuck due process. Those cops make the guys in Uvalde, Texas. Look like consummate professionals. Those guys right. are terrible in Black Phone. Um, also in Black Phone, they go. I, wait, wait, hold on. Yeah, uh, yeah. At the beginning, they go. They know about the black balloons, and that's how they find the girl. 
But they can't. But and he drives around in a black van that says Abracadabra on it. <laughs> in this How town, big is this ten town? people have gone missing. Right, right, right. right, yeah. right, right. Okay, I'm sorry. Didn't mean so to I, I started reading because I, I watched it and I didn't remember the Joe Hill story. And I was like, wait, uh, is it? So I started reading the Joe Hill short story. Yeah, remind me. I rage quit after one page. Really? Because you I did always that thing. Him, well, no, it's like Stephen King. I did that thing where I, you give me one page of Stephen King and I'll find some reason that I think he's a bad writer and I'm done reading it. Um, so I did that with uh, with uh, the. This does not reflect the view of everyone on the podcast. Right, right, right. And I do like like um, the the first story in that that collection, Twentieth uh, Century Ghosts. Uh-huh. I forget what it's called, but it's it's the one about a horror writer um, that Joe Hill wrote. Uh, I really yeah. like that story. Um, what is it called? As uh, a tricky it's called title. something like "What He Was Good For." It has some weird name like that. Into the woods, falling down a cliff. Right, something like that. Um, but the the short story "Black Phone." Um, in the very first page, it it, uh, it talks about um, a big, huge, fat man struggling with groceries to get into the back of a van, and our protagonist right, goes over I to help him. That, yeah. And yeah, and so the whole so thing. He's fat. And, exactly, he's hugely fat and grotesque. Like that's what Joe Hill used as for his villain, as opposed so. to a creepy, cackling magician like Pennywise, which I actually kind of liked. I liked Ethan Hawke in this. Like I, uh. I'm, I'm on board with Ethan Hawke being a, a killer, like. But he needs a better name, by the way. Grabber? Good lord. The Grabber. Anyway, so he gets uh, – it opens with the scene where he uh, – the the big fat guy opens the back of the van and he kidnaps our protagonist and he throws him in there and the balloons go sailing away um, and the boy is kidnapped. That's the very first page. Yeah. The description where, where he's describing the fat man and the groceries and the balloons – like there's the description, and then the boy gets kidnapped, and like five or six paragraphs later, he's like, oh yeah, by the way, these balloons are black, and they fly away in the sky, and the boy sees them recede. Like what kind of writer doesn't right up front explain these are black balloons? Like that's a hugely visually significant detail to not mention until like six <laughs> paragraphs later. So there, that was me. They get Joe Hill. You're the dumb writer. I'm not reading the rest of this short story. So I closed the book. Wait, whose point of view is it? It's the main. Uh, I don't even think the sister's in it. Uh, the no, the kid who gets kidnapped. Her. Yeah. Wait, how does it end in the story? Oh, it ends with um, him strangling the fat. I just skipped. Ah, uh-huh, you read it. Go on. <laughs> it, well, I've read it before. When you get, I think you yeah. even gave me this. I've read I read it before. I like the collection. It, it ends with him strangling the fat man and then handing him the phone, saying, "It's for you." Like that's the uh, very last line. It's for you. Wait. So do they go? Hey, fill the phone with dirt in the story. Um, I didn't tell them I didn't, how to tell them every step that they didn't do themselves. <laughs> I'm actually assuming that was in there because that seemed like a kind of a smart detail that uh, Blum Productions would be too dumb to come up with. Hey, they're really good de-aging Joe Scorn Levitt for that. Project. Oh, I noticed. Yeah, I actually kind of liked. I didn't like any of the kid actors. Like none of the kid actors were relating with each other very well. But nah. I did kind of like that kid. Um, yeah, I did too. He wasn't wanted, trying too hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Unlike the like the sister actress. Yeah, like he was yeah, kind of yeah. cool and laid back and had this. I also like too. He's got this. Um, and that was part of his character was that he wasn't standing right, around. Yeah. Right, but he's got this kind of seventies. Uh, like he looks like yeah. a kid that age. From he looks like the kid in Phantasm, and I love that. Yeah. Aw, kind of shaggy. Yeah, yeah, like that shaggy. But also, he's got kind of a. This is kind of mean, but he's got kind of like a weaselly face. Like, yeah. I, I just think of like teenagers from the 70s. I mean, that's probably what I looked like. 
And also uh, resourceful. That's how kids were back then. That, well, uh, you just like how he fed that rope up that rolled up carpet? Yeah. <laughs> See? I was super disappointed. So the brother, too. Never mind. <laughs> oh my God, I liked James, James Ransom. I'm like, that was funny. Uh-huh. Um, I was super disappointed that. The uh, cops come in, meet that guy, and you're instantly <laughs> bored by everything he's saying and how he's acting and the cocaine on the table and walk out. Cops okay. in a very small town. Well, I, oh, I yeah. guess the thing is, they've got investigating, looking for anything at all that connects to the case. Right, right, right. Oh, and, right, right. And they come in and they find a map with all the murders planned out. Yeah. Like, why is he not a suspect? Right. Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, he's got cocaine. Okay, he can't be the killer. So we saw Black Phone. How dumb are we? I didn't even remember it was the story until I saw. I had no idea it was a girl in the basement story. I hate those Kelly Wand. I know. And I was coming off of the sadness that Chinese, that Taiwanese movie. Right, really right. Now you don't have to read the Garth Ennis Crossing comics. Oh. It's the same premise. I mean, it's just the same premise, like a rape-murder apocalypse. Well, I'll basically. still read that. That sounds all right. Yeah, you, yeah. The sadness, There's sadness a lot of was, it, it seems like. Sadness was really good. Like, I like yeah. that a lot. I love the acting. Yeah, yeah. And the idea. There was a little yep. bit too much Doctor, maybe, um, as opposed yeah. to Adventures with the boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, those are my answers to everything, Tom. Adventures so we don't recommend Black Phone. We no. do recommend The Sadness. Right. Um, and we split on Thor Love and Rockets. Right. But I'm correct, and you are just jaded. Why is Gore kidnapping kids if he's convinced the gods? Well, I didn't understand. I, that made no sense to me, to be fair. Like, why didn't he just – when he went to Asgard – why didn't he just kill the gods then and take Stormbreaker? I know. Right. Did he not know that Stormbreaker comes with a free wish? Like, I think maybe. It's unclear when he knows that because yeah. he doesn't seem to react to the sight of it. And he never in the movie goes, oh, yeah, Stormbreaker. Like, at I- one point they tell Thor, oh, yeah, by the way, this is, this, this is some exposition about Stormbreaker. And eternity. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, Kelly One, I'm glad that whole gore, the God Butcher stuff, was not an important part of the plot in Thor: Love and Rockets. It kind of was, though, huh? <laughs> Especially the dumbest part of it: kidnapping kids <laughs> to show how self-interested and evil the gods are. All right, anyway. Well, you know what? It and well, they're not watching. Also, the gods just let him do it and don't. Kelly One, it brought Christian Bale back into superhero movies where he belongs. Right. Yeah. We can agree on that. They're talking Oscar, Tom. (laughs) It's going to be him versus Gosling. Kelly Wan, speaking of talking Oscars, we should see that movie Crimes of the Future. Oh, yeah. Is someone named Oscar in it? It might be getting Oscars. We don't know. Oh. They loved it it at the Cannes Film Festival. Oh. This, This is the movie you wrote a bunch of notes for stoned. No, that you wrote sober. Yeah, I, I have not seen. I was not stoned when I saw it. So um, you have sober notes on crimes of the future waiting to be unearthed. Uh, and I will see oh, it what? again, actually, before we record, just just to be on the safe side, just to make sure that my notes are correct. Well, and because you really God, liked it, Kelly Wong, can I tell you too what I did? Mm. I watched. Uh, I didn't do the Captain Americas, but I watched uh, <laughs> Avengers. Avenger. I didn't. Those I skipped are the, the good ones. ones. Me and well, Dingus I, were. Here's the thing. I watched. Um. I watched the bad ones. I watched. Um. Civil War. Uh. In that one's shoot. good. You dumb. No. Ass. No. I. I hate it still. I know. Uh, but you're dumb. 
I hate all of no those offense. Russo brothers. That Russo brothers arc. It goes Civil War, and then Endgame. No, so Civil War and no. no. What's it Civil called? War. Infinity Infinity War. Stones. Infinity War. They're two, both separate wars, Tom. Oh my God! It's called Infinity War. <laughs> you just watched it. it. That's the one I like too, because if that were a standalone movie, I would like it. Oh um, yeah, that was so annoying when you and Dingus were like acting like it was. Ugh, so I, I when I was watching it, I thought it was. But at any rate, Endgame. Yeah. Kieran like, didn't think that. Kieran's like, eh, we have to wait for the other chunk of this. <laughs> well, watching them, watching them all in, in a and line. He's the kid. Yeah. It was in, it was interminable. Like it just was it right. Was, this movie's of course are insufferable. It is. Of course, of course. By that standard, Love and Thunder is probably at the high end. I guess. Maybe that's you're going to do that. What do you? How did you have that much time? I can't believe you did that. That's so insane to me. Well, I've. Uh, that's the longest. That has to be how many hours did that take? Okay, can I tell you something hours. about what I'm doing? So. This is sort of like I don't mean to get weirdly personal, but I'm in this situation now where uh, I have to uh, try to eat a lot to gain weight. And when I eat, I feel nauseated. So I spend a good like five hours a day like wrestling with nausea. And what I do, if I do anything that's active, like I just feel like I'm going to barf. I just have to like sit there and let it pass. So that's what I was doing <laughs> like while I was nauseated. I was watching things that I didn't like, but I was also rewatching the Avengers. Uh, I rewatched Jojo Rabbit. I rewatched Thor Ragnarok. Um, so basically just that's been how I'm kind of treating nausea is I just force myself to sit still and watch a movie. I don't know why I'm laughing. It feels really no, it's weird. I mean, I, I, I can laugh I'm with you right now. I'm just picturing you watching like Age of yep. <laughs> yep. Oh! Tell me. And that's the thing. And that's and not and, from the movie, but also from the movie. And sometimes it's from the movie, but let me tell you, when I'm watching something like Avengers or Jojo Rabbit, it is as it is as sure a balm for nausea as any medical marijuana I've ever sampled. Let me tell you. I was my anti nausea because when I had the kidney stone surgery oh, two right, years right, ago, right, right. I always got really into the three stooges because they were um really festive and really quick. Oh. So you could burn a lot. But they're also really dumb. And there was a point where they got really lame. So then you, you lose. Like, you mean there's a, there's a, a, like a chronological point where Three Stooges before this is good and after this is lame? Yeah, the earlier yeah. the better. The I didn't the know that. Wow. They're crazy. They're really zany and dumb and loud. There's one so where I, they go golfing, and but their job is to like deliver beer kegs or something. It just, you know what it is? It's kind of like how you felt during the Marvel movie. Like, oh yeah, I recognize that panel. It's like you'll recognize Southern California and the Three Stooges. Like you'll see. <laughs> I know. <laughs> hey, that's no, the I, auto club. I are these up. movies or the uh, TV No, they're show? shorts. They're little short films. Oh, right, right, right. Like cartoons. But it's like you wanted something really distracting, yeah, but also yeah. ridiculous, like, you know, and kind of light, kind of light fare. Right, right, right. Like Green Acres was uh, like also going <laughs> to I, I, it was so, a dark time, Tom. Well, fortunately, I'm I'm on the mend as well. Also, so Vicodin works. You also what? I said also Vicodin. <laughs> well, I don't have that. Green Acres, Vicodin. <laughs> no, not for nausea. I'm trying to think yeah. what's good for nausea. The Xanax was okay for nausea. I mean, I'm, I, I just have to. I don't know why I'm saying like a British person. Yeah. Well, well, Kelly, let's let's, uh, let's do a Crimes of the Future podcast next. And let's also talk about because we in have very future. differing opinions on uh, every movie Cronenberg. except Maverick. 
We've well, haven't they, agreed on any movie except Maverick since. And that's not. I, I, we've got a huge splits on David Cronenberg too. We'll, we'll explore some of those next. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Join us next time for Crimes of the Future. I am Tom Chick, and I've been here with Kelly Wan. <laughs> I feel lighter in the waistline with no hands around me, no spit in my teeth. No, I'm not your daydream. I won't have your baby stop because you're killing my vibe. Hey, Tom, Thanos versus Thelma. Ready? Ooh. Yeah. Well, Thelma, easily, right? Yeah. I prefer that we be more capable and prepared than lucky. Observation, reflection, faith, and determination. In this way, we may navigate the path as it unfolds before us. All right? And we have, what, eight more recharge cycles to go before we get to Aurigai 6? Is that a question, Yes, sir? Walter, that's a question. That is correct. Uh, if this podcast was a comic book from the 1970s, this would be the page where Spider-Man shills the Twinkies. <laughs>